On the second day of December, in a year when a Georgia peanut farmer was doing business in the White House, one of Colorado's great resort hotels burned to the ground. The overlook was declared a total loss. After an investigation, the fire marshal of Jicarilla County ruled the cause had been a defective boiler. The hotel was closed for the winter when the accident occurred, and only four people were present. Three survived. The hotel's off-season caretaker, John Torrance, was killed during an unsuccessful and heroic effort to dump the boiler's steam pressure, which had mounted to disastrously high levels due to an, op- an, an inoperative relief valve. Two of the survivors were the caretaker's wife and young son. The third was the Overlook's chef, Richard Halloran, who had left his seasonal job in Florida and come to check in the Torrances because of what he called a powerful hunch that the family was in trouble. Both surviving adults were quite badly injured in the explosion. Only the child was unhurt. Physically, at least. With this passage, Stephen King opens Dr. Sleep, his gripping and surprisingly endearing sequel to The Shining, a classic 70s horror novel that opened blood-soaked corridors of terror in the collective psyche of a generation, in its literary form and via a masterful film adaptation by Stanley Kubrick. Dr. Sleep revisits Danny Torrance, the psychically gifted little boy whose daddy Jack was possessed and destroyed by the malignant ghost culture of an evil old hotel. Danny is Dan now, in his thirties, a survivor of traumas the ordinary world can scarcely imagine, dulling the dark edge of his supernatural sensitivity with liquor and drugs for decades. The novel finds him at the end of his rope after one brutal blackout too many, settling into a small New England community, beginning his twelve-step stagger to salvation, finding work in a hospice where the powers he was cursed with at last find a benevolent function. He conducts old folks into the kingdom of the dead with gentle understanding, like a shaman priest with his cat familiar. The locals call him Dr. Sleep, but there are demons yet to wrestle with. A little girl has been born with a gift for shining that dwarfs Danny's own, and she's reaching out to him with her mind. The highways and rest stops of Stephen King's America are haunted by a league of monsters called the True Knot. They look like boring retirees and vacationing nobodies in their RVs and Winnebagos, but underneath the let-me-tell-you-about-my-grandchildren t-shirts and banal facades, they're immortal vampiric monsters who live and thrive on the steam that psychic children emit when they are ritually tortured and slaughtered. The true knot is closing in on that little girl, and Dan Torrance, marked forever by the shadow of his personal underworld, may be the only grown-up who can save her from their ancient hunger. I'm Jason Squamata. Open your mind and step into the burning circle as Book Circle Online falls under the spell of Dr. Sleep. From the Library of Maria Menounos, this is Book Circle Online. Featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Okay, so here we are with Book Circle Online, and uh, I'm Jason Squamata, and we're uh, we're here today talking about uh, Doctor Sleep, which is Stephen King's long-awaited sequel to uh, his great '70s horror classic, The Shining. And uh, I'm here with my uh, treasured and glamorous uh, co-hosts, who are... Pat Janowski. And... Mark Savage. 
Um, and uh, and we're uh, we're just we're bugging out on the infernal splendors of uh, of this book. Right on. Um, can, and can I just get something straight? Yeah, by all means, go. It's a book that is about AA. It's about being sober. Yes. Well, and we are. How sober are we? I would say at this particular moment, we're not as sober as. Um, as our main character is at the end of the okay, book. Okay, because oh, one of our steps is one of the steps is about honesty to right. ourselves so and to true. our yeah. and to others. So anyway, and the other honesty is so I don't even know be... which step it is that is the well. The stage step. I mean is denial. I don't know what you're okay. talking about. This is a professional <laughs> operation. Okay, and we're sitting here as clear-headed people. Those are different <laughs> yeah. stages. Okay, in a whole and if you're in some area. other stage okay. where you can be honest with yourself about I don't stuff, know if that's I'm great. ahead of you or behind you. But yeah, well, it's a circle. It's a circle. Yeah, yeah. Time is a flat circle and that's okay. a different horror story but I think we need to keep that in mind there's a wheel yeah. right okay um, so uh, so just to even provide a prelude or context for for uh, that observation because this book uh, dr. sleep is saturated with uh, with the kind of um, with alcoholics anonymous experience mm-hmm. um, yeah. and uh, the main character in the book uh, Daniel Torrance is uh, is the little boy that we remember from The Shining. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and spoiler alert: he has been through Alcoholics Anonymous, or he in the process of the book, he goes through it. Well, you're never through it, Pat. That's the point. It's one day at a time. That's what we keep hearing. It's about it's about the repetition uh-huh. of the simple. Okay, hold matches. on just a second, because what I want to make very clear here is that yes, he uses the language of Alcoholics Anonymous, but he portrays that experience with so much humor. It is yes. not a strident um, I'm a friend of Bill one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. He, it, he brings up all the precepts of the program in um, such a fashion that you understand that he is intimately familiar with them. Right. Yes. But he does it in a way that is continually he has some perspective on it. And I just want to say I appreciated that. Yeah, I, th- I think he sees, and I'm talking about Stephen King at this point. Yeah, or I think maybe we projecting. Are. He is um, sees Alcoholics Anonymous as as somewhat hokey, but completely useful for him. Uh-huh. Which might be how I see Stephen King. <gasps> oh my! Oh, he did. No, no. Uh, I, yeah. That sounds Savage. like a. Right, right, I know. Right. I, I, no, I no, no, no. Well, okay. Because go on. Well, well, well um, he he. Um, he manages to portray a very familiar and comfortable world. Yes. Very quickly. Meaning? Meaning... Um, Can I have some oh, orange juice? Oh Excuse me. Can I have some orange yeah. juice, Pat? Thank sure. you. Is that what that is? Some delicious orange juice. The, um, it seems a, it's a comfortable, familiar world. And I, I speak as someone who read, and I think you two might be in a similar, not dissimilar position, read Stephen King as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And he was a gateway mm-hmm. to to um, grown up things, mm-hmm. to things that grown ups didn't want you to read as well. Mm-hmm. Paradoxically, mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't read uh, Stephen King since then. I don't think. You know, I, re- I read some. I'm a little. Uh, I have a stunted growth theme throughout my life, or mm-hmm. shall we say, late bloomer. And so I think I read him a bit later into my you know years than you did that's but a bigger see that's a bigger diss than what I said about Stephen King did I diss anybody oh, I'm just trying yeah. to explain myself oh, you're misunderstanding so me I think you're bleeding all over um, the place please I continue. know right yeah 
Um, <clears throat> but I but I understand what you're saying, and 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 actually that for me that was one of the biggest reasons I loved 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 Stephen King as a yeah. teenager and a young adult, um, which was that one of his big themes is being understood. Mm-hmm. And being yep. misunderstood, and how important it is to have an understanding ear. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I, I didn't realize how much that meant to me in my life in general, um, consciously. But I really hooked into that theme mm-hmm. as an, as a teenager for sure. Right. right. Um, well, myself um, in uh, in in my teens, I certainly read me some Stephen King. I was uh, I I definitely read him first, but I, as soon as I encountered Clive Barker, I was more of a Clive Barker man. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Huh. and uh, you know, I think kind of it's is baroque it? stylings. Is he's European, maybe more linguistically rich, and not. Ah. You know, so much the kind of persona like that. I find in the Stephen King books, you know, and I see in in his like personal, you know, um, appearances himself, he's that like you know really intelligent but kind of you know hard boiled and kind of dorky. Like wants to be hard. He's not creepy. He's not creepy at not, all. He's, he's, yeah, no, no, no. He's folksy. He, he, he's yeah, he's folksy very much. So it's yeah. very. Um, he's very much drawn from some. Uh, um, a comfortable American tradition, American which, which, which right. isn't an insult. I mean, no, it's very much what, a safe place. And, no, and I think that's I, why he writes to 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 so many people's satisfaction and delight is that he really hooks into the folksy Americana stuff that is at the heart of a lot of people's dreams, right. um, uh, hopes, and fears. Right? Yeah, it's right. it's American horror rather than really European is, horror. Yeah. it's very much. Yeah. Well, and, and I think Norman that, Rockwell horror rather than right. You know, Kind of. Well, it 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 uh, it definitely um, you know like what the divergence was for (laughs) for me between him and Clive Barker in you know reaching for horrific visions to have as a teenager Mm -hmm. was that uh, Stephen King, however intense the aberrations or the dark miracles or the monstrosities would get, Mm -hmm. it's to uh, to test your metal and your spiritual strength and to eventually usher you into a return to a mm-hmm. folksy ordinary world that he values very much. Right. Mm-hmm. That know? has these things in them, as our folksy ordinary world does have great evil in it, in mm. forms of, you know, overarching corporations that control our media, etc. Right. Sure. Um, and um, he recognizes that the dark stuff is there, but he really does have an optimistic point of view. Yeah, yeah. Where's I that? mean, Cujo is, yeah, is one of the only ones I can think of where, you know, the kid dies in the end. It's like, really? Right. Yeah. I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. Well, that's in, in my in my, um, in my my reading of Stephen King in preparation for this, and also mm-hmm. his on writing book, which oh, I... Yeah. I talking about that, too. Yeah. Is so beautiful. And yeah, it, that's it, a great I mean, book. Because, I mean, say what you will about his, you know, like his actual product. This guy's a total pro, and these are the craft memoirs of a pulp writer and mm-hmm. that book is is just wonderful I think but when he's talking about his period of most intense uh, substance abuse because you know he was uh, you know just like drinking you know a six pack every three hours and wigged on cocaine because he had proven to himself that he could be a published writer and that people wanted to hear his work and you would think that would be enough to soothe his soul and kind of relieve him of a lot of the blocks and torments that you know that an author might have but he, all of a sudden he has a family he's you know he, he's like he, he wants to 
you know, live up to the Stephen King that already exists in the media. And in On Writing, he talks about um, how uh, on rereading Cujo, he has no memory whatsoever of writing a single line in that book. You're kidding. No. Oh yeah, and this was in on writing. Yes, God, I read it so long ago, and I just don't remember that. Wow. Yeah, and how, and and that's true for a few of his stories, but I think that's like the biggest like novel that was. Because I gotta tell you, I mean, there's the there's the hugely dystopian ones, the 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 mist. Um, the right. the one with the oh, the short story with the kids at the lake on the oh yeah that's the worst one ever yeah, yeah, I can't yeah, even yeah, yeah. I block it out of my mind so, so primal horrible. yeah yeah horrible, yeah horrible horrible right but those have no it, it's you know those aren't going anywhere happy right but the Cujo one sort of does but there's that really dark thing at the middle of it that yeah. is mm-hmm. different than all his other books that's right. so interesting to hear that yeah and his he felt a great um, like pain reading it because oh, he, he felt like whoever was writing this book was having a lot of fun oh. and he hated not being able to remember that fun. I read that book which sounds like a Stephen King book yeah itself, doesn't it <laughs> well I think a writer I mean, who yeah. yeah well I think imagines. perhaps in, in reaction to having spent like this big chunk of his most productive period under this kind of spell and this mm-hmm. like you know Influence pulp it. fever yeah. you know where I mean I, I, I and again I just I just have a cursory knowledge of his whole herb but it seems like a theme that he keeps returning to that here's the good writer who's taking care of his family and but he has some kind of pact or is somehow spiritually intertwined hmm. with the shadow version of oh, himself. So is it about creativity? Is that what he's writing about? Yeah, yeah. I guess ultimately. I mean, the, but that, that is that what The Shining is? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I think it's also. I mean, uh, the overarching idea of that there's this other that hmm. you can't control hmm. that you know fucks up your life and that you struggle against hmm. maybe the the creativity i think that's a little too direct i think he likes to spin a good yeah. yarn i mean uh, i just sure. really think he likes to tell stories sure the shining now that you mention it though because jack is writing yeah this novel supposedly yeah right? yeah it's a frequent theme though for him i yeah. mean right well, but 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 I I think I've heard him like admit himself, and uh, you know I like to you know keep it centered on the work, but like him admitting that uh, that 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 character, that Jack Torrance character, who's Danny's father, mm-hmm. is one of his most autobiographical creations. Wow. That's Based where he was him. at when he wrote that. You could tell when he was writing about headaches and Excedrin in uh-huh. that book. Yeah, you got you read The Shining, right? And then yeah. it, he just he wrote about headaches, and he wrote about it was either the hangover headache or the migraine. I can't remember right, which. Right, right. Where he described it as this, he pictured it was so intense to him. He pictured his brain matter, this gray matter, being galloped on by this giant horse, this giant steed, who would gallop on his brain and leave these hoof prints that would fill with blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was this really graphic thing. Now, I read this when I was 16. Yeah. And and um, and the only thing that would touch it was he would chew extra-thick stedron, chew them. This, if you've ever tried, they're horrible. Bitter, right. bitter, bitter. And it's so visceral yeah. that I believe that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I would say in general, and, and this is why, I mean, like, horror, like, as a genre fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and, like, and even my favorite works in other genres kind of seem to be reaching in my mind to a horror place mm-hmm. where this is, 
a genre of fiction. It's not it it's not um, classified according to its uh, its its setting and its wardrobe, like fantasy books are. You know, with mm-hmm. your, your yeah. wolves and your halflings, or your you know, um, wolves are real. They're not fantasy creatures, but you know Thank what you. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Werewolves, you know, like just elves and hobbits and whatever. But um. It's uh, and it's not about you know spaceships. It's not aspirational, you know. It's not presenting you some kind of no, like ideal right, universe. Right, right. And they're not dystopian futures either. Many of them. They're I right. mean, the stand withstanding. Sure. Um, they're you know about today. They're right. about worlds well, that we and, live in. And it's about it's so immediate because this like you know like horror as a section going mm-hmm. to a section in a bookstore mm-hmm. or on a website let me look at the horror books let me look at the books that are going to um, interfere with my viscera mm-hmm. and stick imaginal fingers into my guts mm-hmm. and make me feel physically weird mm-hmm. let me you know something you know le- like I I'm, I want to be entertained by something that will ultimately make me uneasy mm. and make me afraid of uh, to go in the water I want to read something that will make me afraid to go swimming or something that will make me afraid to play with a dog or something that will, you know, make me afraid of my own dreams or the um, thoughts in my head or a big empty hotel. Two questions. Yes. Uh, Why do you want those things? And secondly, do you have those things already? Uh-huh. Do dogs not scare you until you read about well, yeah, hellhounds? I, I don't. I, I mean, for myself personally, I, I I feel like a lot of great horror books teach me how to be afraid of of certain mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly Jaws. Well, that, Jaws. You know, and it's not safe to go in the and water. The, uh, yeah, people were aware of sharks before yeah. Jaws came out, but, but they they that, hadn't emotionally in interfaced with the experience of being eaten by one. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what that that like story provided, and the fact that. A, a community can be utterly disrupted and thrown into disarray by... And that's this, it's the social uh, commentary more than the creature itself uh, and the people and how they relate to each other. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, can we bring that back? As you were saying, yes. you want your, your horror novels to do that. What did Dr. Sleep do for you in that well, regard? Okay, for me, personally, um, I, I must admit I have not read The Shining in its entirety, mm-hmm. um, but I had a profound connection with the film as a child mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and uh and the the film i was maybe a little bit older but roughly the same age as the little danny torrance in that film mm-hmm. and i'm not sure if the actor's name offhand but um the dynamic between him and his father mm-hmm. um and in retrospect it wasn't that dramatic but at the time as a child it, oh, yeah. fe- it i i totally related to that wow. dynamic wow did you see the shining when you were that young i did yeah oh, wow yeah i saw a lot of things you wow. know b- because mm-hmm. my parents were involved in their you know psychodrama and were you know were not maybe you were left like to watching the gates mm-hmm. yeah which i'm thankful for in some ways but in the sense that um I could see my father going a little bit like really stir crazy in his relationship mm-hmm. with my mother mm-hmm. and oh. not knowing how to get out of it and just kind of acting out. And uh, so the experience so you really connected with that. So you, I did, was. you did need art to teach you the 
the parameters of fear in right. some way. Yeah, well, like how to deal with this because my mom would be working during the day, so I'd be stuck with this kook like during the day <laughs> and not in a vast empty hotel, but the house felt like that at times because all these spaces that had been informed by, you know, my mother clinging to me even more tightly as, as she becomes estranged from her husband and uh, wow. and so... So identifying with that character like so completely of that little kid and um, like returning mm -hmm. to him in this book yeah. as a messed up yeah. adult. How did that feel to you? I just I just like from I did I, I needed so little setup for me to want to just throw my arms around that guy wow. and just and just hug him. Yeah. And I, I don't think, you know, Except, you know, perhaps momentarily, fleetingly over the years. I don't think I've I've sunk as low as this character sure. has. But also what I responded to, because I felt like as a kid, just in terms of the things that I was interested in, I was for all intents and purposes seeing ghosts, you know, because everything that I cared about was not real. Mm -hmm. And I was in an environment where everyone was trying to elbow me, despite the fact that all the people who cared about real things had, you know, were not happy. You know, like that, like no one was providing me a good example. Well, if you just buckle down and you know keep your eye, nose to the grindstone, you could have all this. Yeah. No one. There was in my nothing world had that anything. you wanted that yeah. you saw. Right. <laughs> so that that is that, why, is that why they do it? Then? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I know. yeah. So so it was for you. Right. Uh, did you find yourself then thinking, oh, well, I'm you know at least I. Well, I mean, yeah, no, I well, I totally connected to the fact that he would um, he would become a drunk to blunt his sensitivity to a mm -hmm. teeming, hyper vivid universe. Sure, you know that uh, that he had. Sure, yeah, interesting. And because again, it's it's like you know in in The Shining, you know, I mean, we're we're led to understand that many people have this gift. They go into it more in Doctor Sleep, right. but like, what is it for? Exactly. You know, and in Dr. Sleep, as he goes through, you know, as he's rambling and just trying to run away from all these voices, because it seems like the only purpose of this gift is to freak him the fuck Torment out. him, yeah. 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 Um, but when he finds a purpose that he can, in this hospice, when he's at the other end of some sobriety, and he can sit with people who are dying, and he has this personal connection to the beyond, and lead them into the beyond... That was just like really resonant and, mm -hmm. and poignant to me. That you well, know, for, I think for I any, love those parts for, of the book actually. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. any artist, the 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 idea: why do you do what you do? You mm -hmm. know, why is that? Why is this important? Because our society focuses on everything else. Right. This mm -hmm. is a thing, and it's and I can totally see that being a resonant um, idea for you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Mark, I interrupted. You. Uh, no, he just um, he he repeatedly says at different points the. He's doing something small, in a small town, in uh, nowhere. He's, mm -hmm. And mm. and and he keeps saying, "Is is this enough? Is this better?" Mm. And he keeps saying, "Yes, this is better. This uh. is enough. This is." And it's such a mm -hmm. it's a paltry existence. But but what what King does really well in this book is make you realize that those those small things, having mm. a job, having a couple of people that that trust you, and and and. And know you're going to show up for work and do something Th that is that can be um, a life huge, yeah, mm -hmm. 
that can be beyond your wildest dreams at a certain point. Well, it's not pathetic, and and there there was there's something. And that's as as teenagers when we related to him, wasn't there something in that? I mean, he, I'm not saying this book, but his 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 validation of what you think and of who you are and that somebody understands you and that you understand somebody mm-hmm. it's small but it's everything yeah and this it just seems like an extension of that yeah yeah i can see that yeah yeah well i mean you know the appeal of this this shining concept i mean some of my favorite parts of doctor sleep um and it actually makes me want to like you know uh, go back to the shining. You should read the shining. It's it's I yeah. think my favorite. No, really, yes, no, I must. Um, but uh, but the the kind of accounts of what people with telepathy go through mm-hmm. and how it changes their relations to people mm-hmm. and like reading those parts of it um, made me realize what I love about horror fiction, apart from just that visceral interface that where rather than just having my intellectual vanities flattered, oh, I get that, I understand. Right. You know, um, <clears throat> that it's reaching into my guts and tugging. I mean, that, you know, it, it's like it's like really, you know, like beautiful erotica, you know, mm-hmm. where it's, you know, th- this is something has been crafted. A bunch of ink blotches have added up to a profoundly physical effect. Um, but just that, that uh, in horror fiction... I feel like because it tends to be grounded in a reality we recognize, um, we're we're forced to deal with the day to day minutiae of um, of of people somewhat like us who uh, who who have to live with uh, with the miraculous on a daily basis. And that's what King comes back to again yeah. and again. With and I think some um, I was struck because I haven't read one of his books for so long mm-hmm. early on um, there are there are lots of cliches and and folksy like the sayings and and puns mm-hmm. that, that 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 seemed cluttered and noisy to me uh-huh. at first but then I came to realize this is he's this is the safe place yeah he's he's building the safe place right he's right. mentioning the disco songs that I know right. he's mentioning the country songs that I know he's sure. mentioning he's he names every street he never says on on the street in town ta- he tells you which street he never says in a bar he tells you the name of the bar yeah he's giving you he names everything he names all the characters the characters have three names they all have nicknames uh-huh. everything is uh-huh. it's 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 almost nailed down yeah in a in a familiar way, these right. are real people, and right. that's that's how he builds what he builds. Right. At first, it took me a while to zone out uh-huh. the noise of that. Right. Um, right. But that's what he's doing, and that's and and it's and it's tied in with the AA language. It's about repetition. It's about familiarity. It's about it's not about miracles. It's about one day at a time, and right. that's that's you can see him building the story in that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, in that 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 Danny Torrance like you know develops a an ability to like confront and wrestle with these with this shadowy aspect of the miraculous rather than just being harrowed by it and surviving mm-hmm. it by the skin of his teeth mm-hmm. that he can do this because he's you know like a, a, an alcoholic you know someone an alcoholic synonymous has to redefine redefine their relationship to spirits as it were right you know ah, and, nice <laughs> and uh 
and that you know so he has like some experience with that and and none of those people really understand him and yet uh-huh. they all understand mm-hmm. him yeah and that's what's that's that's a great touch to right. have him in those meetings yeah he can't explain why he's a drunk but the whole point of that is that none of them can explain right. because a drunk is a drunk yeah so they're him. not yeah. asking for an explanation it's an it's a real human way of understanding it right yeah no, totally, totally, and and uh, and it made me it made me feel a great um, affection and warmth towards Stephen King. I, I you know I, I feel like his you know his work is very warm. He wants to go into these you know to these dark places, but the fact that all those people in AA can accept the zone of absolute Depravity. shrieking ghostly it's, madness right, right. that this guy it steps into, okay. but. You know, you're you're our you're our Dan. It's 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 like watching a, a horror film with a with a with an uncle. Is it, this uh-huh. is, your parents won't show you this. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'll show you this, right? And it'll be okay because I'm here. Yeah, but, but this is a bit creepy, right? Yeah, no, and and, and generally, <laughs> I mean, I, I I'm almost like morally opposed. Yeah, to you want to watch it alone and be. Yeah, to, and to yeah. be harrowed, and, and I want everyone to get that, yeah. killed, and I want I want like the ultimate lesson to be that the uni- like right. the mist. I feel like King, like where he like kind of cops the Lovecraft vibe most completely mm-hmm. is, and I, and I feel, and he probably wrestled with this because I I feel like he <laughs> interfaces so completely with his characters that he wants them to win. But yeah, he likes them, yeah. But in this, and we like them too because we can feel his warmth towards them, but. In uh, in the mist, in that it, like he create it's a Lovecraftian paradigm. All these people have to end up either dead or insane. I mean, it, that's it. Yeah, but isn't <laughs> and isn't that what misery is about? Yeah, it's, it's an author killing his lo- beloved character, right? And a fan saying, "You can't do this. Yeah. You have no right to do this. Right, this, right, right. This has to happen. Yeah, and that's that's the For central me to conflict. Grow. Yeah, this has to happen. Yeah, no." Right, right, right. That was all about himself. Yeah. I mean, that's totally interesting. Yeah. I, I just like the way he does that. I, You were talking about this before, that when you were a kid, you saw him, I'm talking to Mark yeah. now, that you saw him as um, kind of this cool uncle. Well, who, yeah. Um, it, it was, who, who knew stuff, because he quotes rock songs and, and sure, pop sure. culture, and yeah. he's telling you scary things. Right. And now he quote, when I see him quoting rock songs, it's it's the groovy uncle who isn't quite as cool as I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and right, and right, I right. love it exactly. just the... Yeah. In a different way, yeah, it, it's 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 a sweeter thing. Um, I, I one thing, I mean, that's happened in the time that it, since I first read him is that um, when I first read him, he was he, he was pulpy. It was he was very successful, uh-huh. um, but um, the the it seemed to me like this was the kind of this was never going to be the kind of book that you were going to read at school uh-huh. it was going to be you were going to read real books at school right and there was a jump between kids books and real books and Stephen King and and was one of the he was one of the gateway authors to me mm-hmm. from from the children's section of the library mm-hmm. to the grown-up section and 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 he filled this vacuum that now there is a huge industry right of young adult books right which right. which fill this vacuum which used to be the jump from being i don't know 10 or 11 to 13 or 14 now yeah. it's it's a jump from being 8 to being i don't know 45 <laughs> you can read the, you, you know, um, right. but it but um you know um 
it makes me wonder where Stephen King fits in now. Yeah. Right. Um, and there are some parts of the book where he refers to young adult novels where you have mm-hmm. Abra, one of the central characters, saying, um, oh, the, these, char- these characters who are pursuing a, the true knot, uh, they're like vampires. Right. Uh-huh. But but it's not like Twilight. And and right. one thing I find interesting with Stephen King is he will say, he will name Twilight. Right. It's not he like will right. name the Game of Thrones. Right, right, right. She's, she's, she's reading the Game of Thrones. Oh, and she's he assuming will, the avatar of Daenerys. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, in, in he, her, he's in he's bold enough else, or, yeah. or, you know, unsubtle enough, uh, to his credit, to actually just name those things. Yeah, yeah, and there's also a Hunger Games reference. Completely. He names all these things, and that goes back to what I was saying about he names every street. He names every... She doesn't say, like a character in a book I was reading. She says, Game of Thrones, yeah. And and that... um, He's plugged into pop culture, Mm -hmm. to the point where, if you read this book in five years time it might seem like an artifact in in its cultural pop cultural references right 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 Um, you know one thing I really liked about this book that um, I I found I had in my mind this impression of of how he wrote and what his books were like because it's Mm. been a while but the last ones I read were like The Last Gunslinger and the uh well, then there's The Stand, and there's It, which I think is an overblown, non-edited piece of... Yeah. The, I'm just saying. Well, that, that's... Um, oh, but here's, yes, here's okay, good. my main point, but please do, yes. um, is that this seemed really streamlined to me. It yeah. seemed really focused, yeah. and there was a very simple storyline. And it was... It threw me a little bit, uh-huh. because I'm thinking of The Stand, where there's all these factions, and there's all this... This is a huge, giant, mm-hmm. countrywide... Well, post-apocalyptic. Right. Um, and I'm like, oh, God, where's the next thing? Where's it? But, oh, no, we're done. This is the whole thing. Yeah. And I kind of liked it. I liked that focus. Right, I, right, I, right. I, I felt more able to invest in each character. Sure, you know? sure. Um, the only one that was kind of introduced and went by the wayside was our friend the snake um, um, the, the girl <laughs> who you loved right who had this amazing intro in yeah. which because I I'm I'm impressed by his masterful use of the third person intimate because mm. I just felt right. we were zipping yeah. from one headspace to another and that's where I, it took me a second to right. get into the, the way he uses the language that's what he's doing right yeah no this, I, this is this is this is Dan's world I mean now. yeah 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 no yes yeah. and and he doesn't he doesn't give you there's no there's no segue and there's no like overarching narrator we're always riding with somebody mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. in a little brief and that's it, his familiar uh-huh. familiarity the the, vo- the voice is right. is is never cold yeah mm-hmm. yeah no totally Whereas Clive Barker right yes is often he distances yeah. you and he wants to be baroque and he wants to wax rhapsodic on yeah. things no Stephen King's really yeah. he's he's close to the body he's human he's yeah. close to the knuckle as you've right. been saying mm-hmm. it's it's a real it, these people are human even Rose yeah. the non humans are human right when the measles well, uh, comes along they're they're uh, terrified which it, they should it's be it's super visceral and mm-hmm. you know and and the thing is um with uh yeah with 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 king um yeah that i mean that super that super viscerality and that jump from head to head i felt like with mm-hmm. uh what's her name the snake girl yeah um they gave her a new name so quickly that I can't remember her. Or Andrea? No. Andy. Andy. Andy, yes, yes. Rattlesnake Andy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, she had this amazing intro 
this great where we're totally interfacing with her and then like when we see her again we never jump into her head again yeah oh and, interesting yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that's and that's a little disconcerting because yeah. she's not really human anymore well i you know i i don't yeah. know because we spend a lot of time with rose and we're, uh, we're with right. her whole world yeah and i miss dandy yeah, was, yeah yeah no totally and and i and i like you know i like her little her her death moments and her you know saying that i mean i i had more of a life with these people than i had ever had yeah. especially that one night with rose yeah um <laughs> but, but uh you know the but most beautiful woman yeah Seems like yeah, and uh, but the way that um, and I can understand the kind of like you know like plot mechanics efficiency of that. We want to be like introduced to the world of the true knot through an outsider. Mm-hmm. So you it's know, it's a great scene. Yeah, no, it really yeah. is. It really is. But I, I, I wished I felt like her her I, exit I would waiting. have had more power yeah. if we had visited her again. Yeah, because she was gone. Yeah, and then she died. Right. Yes. Yeah, that would have been nice. Uh, and I'm, yeah. I'm really finding myself asking for more in a Stephen King novel because right. it has seemed, like I said, in yeah. not necessarily in recent years because I haven't read him so uh, much lately. Right. It, it just, he was so little um, edited at one well, point. Well, streamlined is an interesting word because um, it's streamlined in its focus on characters, but um, I found it to, I mean, it's 500 plus pages. It mm. just went and, so fast for but, me. But I found there were, there were chapters where we experienced... Something, and we understood it, and then, or I understood it, and then we we have a following chapter where characters talk about what has happened. Uh, he explained in, it somewhere, right? Yeah, uh-huh. which um, I felt to the, at first frustrated me, mm-hmm. and at certain points uh, felt completely perfect because you, you want these characters to have a moment where they go, "What the? They realize what the it. hell?" Right, mm-hmm. right. You you did this, didn't you? Yes, I did. I kn- I thought you did this because I can tell. Yes, mm. I know you can tell because I can tell too. You know, you need you need a certain amount of that, um, and and then it. But it tied back into me with the AA and the whole idea of the repetition, mm. and, and we need to keep restating these things. We, we need because to position that's, ourselves. On that's how we understand yeah. what's going on. Right, yeah. right, right. That's the how we deal we with made. our lives. Yeah. And so I saw that. Mm-hmm. That worked for me as a metaphor. It might not. That style might not work for me in another context. Mm-hmm. But intentionally within this book, I see what you're saying. It could have been an uh, intention. I mean, it could have been on purpose that he did that. I. It really makes me want to go back and read some other stuff mm-hmm. yeah. of his yeah. um, that I read from a different perspective. Yeah. My brother gave me this Stephen King like bound thing with with. Oh, it had night shift. The, uh, the one with the hand with right. the bandage mm-hmm. on oh yeah, yeah with your short stories yeah. oh my god yeah, yeah, yeah. they were so yeah. effing scary yeah. and three other novels one with the novellas in it right and, well, uh, was what the different seasons and different that, seasons that had the, the novellas um, the book um, that was the basis for the Shawshank the river, Redemption the river is, Rita yeah. Hayworth which was the right. basics for um, Shawshank Redemption and, and the yeah. river which was uh uh, Stand, Stand by, by me. me. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one, yeah. and then t- apt pupil, I think was one of them. Oh right, yeah. Anyway, and then a novel, and and it was like I said, as a teen, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe my brother had given these to me because this is my brother who quite didn't like me, you know, when I was mm-hmm. a, a oh. kid. But it was just exactly what I needed at that time. Right. 
and seeing, feeling, you know, wow, did he do this construction deliberately where he repeats things or he does this because mm-hmm. that's the AA thing and that's because of what makes us comfortable and he's setting up this world? Or is that how he's always right. written? Right, yeah. is that it? Because right. early on it bothered me when he mentioned a saxophone playing president mm-hmm. to, to clue me into the fact that it was now the 90s. Right. Right. And I knew inevitably at some point that he would mention that his name was Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Uh, that was a bit frustrating at first but then, then it, it it i i made it work in my head right. i think and i think i wanted it to work and i think it's because um there's a warmth to to him mm-hmm. that there's there's a there's a forgiveness i want to give the world because it um because it's there's a generosity that he gives the characters maybe right. i don't know right um my uh favorite book of his that i've read and we want to you know Stay Doctor Sleep. Well, I love the ones that I haven't read best. Uh, That's right. the thing. <laughs> oh, there's, yeah, more, yeah. there's more out there. Yeah, right, right, right. The best right. book I've ever read. Well, I haven't read yet. World, yes. But um, carry on. Well, but, okay, I mean... If it, we're going to stay on planet Earth. Yeah, no, let's, momentarily. <laughs> but, uh, well, I, I mean, like, like It, that was the first book I read as a kid. Where it I, was? Well, no, 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 no. That was not my favorite. I'm just, I'm just as a prelude. You, when, so no, you no, said no. as a kid. How yeah. old were you when you read that? Thirteen? Uh, well, the kids in Okay, but I didn't finish it because that was the first book where I was conscious of the fact that maybe someone had become so famous that um, that yeah. I couldn't I couldn't trust that everything I was reading belonged in this book. No one was willing to edit him on that book. Well, I and, and that's and, and that, with you. Yeah, it and, was when wow. he and then when he re-released the stand uh, yeah. with the extra stuff that had been edited yeah. on. I'm like, you really? Knew, right. You knew. Really? He has such power, but. <laughs> A giant book that he wrote with Peter Straub, The Talisman. Yes. I love yeah. that book. I did and too. And to me, <laughs> Straub has enough of of the Barker in it's him it, and the Fabergé. I think they alternated chapters, it, but they plotted that. it together, yeah. and it was it's yeah. just it's a ravishing book that would make the most mental. Uh, mindfuck miniseries yeah. like I agree really I loved that one love it was that a out. long time ago yeah. yeah and uh and it was it was probably the only um story in which I've been able to fully digest and accept and appreciate the, all the fantasy tropes like left to their own devices I don't know if it's Dungeons and Dragons burnout but I can't huh. even look at Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. but this took all that stuff and plugged it into into a reality. That I think because they alternated because they because yeah. fantasy versus the, the Stephen King. Yeah, right, right, right. That was a nice. That was a nice um, collaboration. Yeah, no, gorgeous and absolutely harrowing when it had mm-hmm. to be, and mm-hmm. resplendent and folksy without being you know corny. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so with with Doctor Sleep, um, my. Uh, Something that didn't work for me, mm-hmm. I the the true knot. I love Rose the Hat. I love mm-hmm. her as a character. The true knot is very interesting. I like that because like when I first started reading about them, I really pictured them as like Burning Man people. <laughs> yeah. And until they got really specific about their clothes and stuff, so it's not this roving band of maniacs. 
it's all these like ordinary, you know, which is brilliant. Well, yeah. ordinary, yeah. the totally. ordinariness is it's brilliant. the banality of evil. Yes, right. It's you yeah. don't see. They them. have to be unseen, so they have to look like regular right. RV people. Sure, 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 sure. And it's almost it's almost like the Stephen King mo versus the Clive Barker mo, yeah. Yeah. where Isn't we're not it? resplendent in our gothicness. No, we are like an old one. guy yeah. with cataracts and a cane who just happens to be able to locate you wherever you are. Yeah, but, um, yeah. They apart yeah. from her. Uh-huh. They kind of just fell away. They, yeah, they, weren't they, they were. They were never to me a like a potent I, I never really yeah. felt like th- this was one of my problems. Maybe they never. Re- I never really felt like um, Dan and Abra were, were under threat. No, yeah. I felt like they were stronger. Yeah. than Rose. No, there was, one, there was yes. one point for me, and it was when she had left Emma's house and walked to her own. Yeah, that's and a good the, scene. And the, the crow had—we didn't know. Where's the crow? The crow right. had we got kept getting this message. Yeah. And he had—and I thought for sure Where's he had killed crow? Billy, but thank God he didn't, because I like Billy. Yeah. So and then, um, and then when that's when I was—that's the only point I was really scared for her. Uh-huh. Yeah, there, I can there agree was with one that. point, yeah. but the rest right. of it—they seem to have the upper hand, didn't they? Now we're gonna go here for the yeah. showdown and yeah. it's going to be tricky but we are we are well, deliberately and, going here and for that's the, the thing because I, I felt like like Dan had already faced in The Shining yeah, the most the terrifying and horrible and his, and his drinking once the only times I was worried really uh-huh. were when he threatened to have a drink yeah, because yeah, then, yeah. I, then he's going to lose control yeah. right, right, while right. he has some kind of control and he's talking to he's Abra we're okay yeah, yeah, and they, yeah. they kept doing that right, until right, we're right, okay right and they kept explaining themselves to the other people. Uh-huh. Yeah, the way they brought in the, the dad and the mom, that was it was like it was good because you want them to be in on it. Yeah. But on the other hand, it kind of dilutes the it does. And the, of it all, yeah, it? and there were I, I think a few instances and especially with them where it was they were just too functional. They were just yeah. too yeah. ready to sit. Okay, so oh, so everything that I know about the laws of nature and physics and it's and, gone. What yeah, does okay, everyone n- want uh, for lunch? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. totally. Okay. Well, all right. Well, I'll pack you a lunch. Okay. So you're gonna put my daughter in danger with these psychic vampires. Well, right. I guess we have to. All right. So let's. All right. Let's all get yeah. together and they were you pretty know. cool. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and that's yeah. Well, the, again, the last the last third uh, set falls into the showdown with the bad guys. Yeah. But it, then again, uh, Jack, Jack Torrance was her father, so she has The Shining. A little right? Bit. Yeah, and, and, and I'm still has... not sure how I feel about that reveal. Well, well, the, what was you interesting know? to me like, about that was yeah. that the the actual fact of it made me groan somewhat. <sighs> but uh-huh. that's what a groan sounds like. <laughs> but but the way in which. Uh, it was set up with. I mean, she calls him Uncle Dan yeah. throughout. Yeah. And so no, then, okay, right. that's her with the Shining. Yeah. Okay. So, th- so there are instances of the Shining that are not noticed right. by the person who has the Shining. That that I enjoyed. Well, that started when she was a baby, and she cried all throughout the night when the night. So he told us from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, well, you I know this. Is tr- I when yeah. I it, I'm slower than you, obviously, because well, when no, I, well, I'm when not. I, she was crying all throughout the night. Uh, and and I'm like, what's going on? What no. is the deal? I didn't care. I didn't get it. I, I didn't, didn't get I didn't, it. Didn't, yeah. There's things happening out in the hospital. They don't know. So I'm like, ooh, something else is going on. What yeah. is it? Right. Right. And it's like, and I didn't realize what day it was. I I no. hadn't registered. I don't think he'd all. mentioned the yeah. exact date. And Otherwise, we would have. That was awesome. That was the first time I was reading it, and oh. and you said, and I went, oh, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd second that. That was great. Was but awesome. There was a sequence. There were there was a chapter which maybe in that chapter where we had these tiny. 
it was jumping around mm -hmm. these tiny moments mm -hmm. that um, really ra ratcheted up the pace. Yeah, that really was just giving us so much information right. that really, yeah, suddenly we were accelerating. Because he was in the, he, it was when he came to town mm -hmm. that she was born, mm -hmm. and we know this only, you know, really. Um, in cement when he gets his 15-year chip and she turns 15. Uh -huh. Yeah, um, right, which is at the end. Right. right. But, you know, that has all happened at exactly the same time. Like, making us care enough about fictional characters so that we want them to be okay mm -hmm. is a testament to the artistry of someone like Stephen King. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and to me, and he does this himself in many stories that are probably the ones that really stick with me, but to me, like the great horror books in general will take us to that place and then fucking kill them anyway. Yeah. And he does that yeah. you know, sometimes. So that he we didn't have to do deal that with in that. this book. Right. But he, yeah. but, I mean, although he did uh, tokenly with, An with Andy... Uh -huh. um, and with, um, I think so. When she died, I was sad. Sure, no, no, no. That was for, a sad moment. Me. But I, I, I just, I needed one more interface with her. Token. One more yeah. chapter. I agree from with that assessment. You know? I would have, yeah. would have enjoyed. I was waiting for her to put Dan to sleep and yeah. Dan to wake up somewhere her scary. Whole yeah. romance with that other character. We only yeah. get that very distantly from Rose's point right. of view. And, and that and, whole when know. she came back in the end in the yeah. shed. Yeah. I knew you know you knew right away she wasn't gonna achieve her goal mm. of ambushing them. Right. And it was, she's, you know, she's the sad, also ran pale yeah. uh, imitation. Well, you know, and, and that's that's interesting, too, to watch these monsters breaking down. Yep. They never yep. stand a chance yep. to start with. And, yeah. But, you know, it They're just... desperate. Yeah, it adds up to... Um, I mean, another I, monster guy. It's just you know? yeah. when they take someone with them and you think, oh, oh. That's the tragedy, wasn't right. it? That they they were failing anyway, and right, they took right, someone right. with them. Yeah. <sighs> well, you know, and in, in, you know, and maybe just overall, that's you know this interesting choice he made to okay, we see them with their prey and stuff. I mean, it's it would be one thing if there were these this thriving culture of vampires <laughs> feeding on the baseball baseball. Oh, but boy. they're just limping along. Yeah, the and they're on their way out. Left, and, they, and so it, there's internal rebellion, yeah. and nothing's going to work out right. And this is the yeah. story of the end of their whole shtick, you know? And, maybe. Uh, maybe. maybe. Ah! Dr. Sleep 2! Abra Rising. Uh, yikes! Yeah, no, we're totally set up for that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, ha ha, but, um, so, uh, so, the ending. The ending. Again, you thought, Jason, you were saying earlier that you thought the last 40 pages, they were going to going to go to Colorado and there would be this huge, like, apocalyptic, well, the whole world would all, all the callbacks to The Shining. Yeah. Right. This is going to be the worst place to go, but yeah, we have to go there. Right. Yeah. No, because I, I, I felt like, you know, to me it would have redeemed the kind of you know, like decay and lameness of the true not as mm -hmm. as the nemeses if they were merely gateway beings to yep. a whole cosmos of evil. And that's yeah. what you suspected. There would be a whole cosmos what? under there. Well, yeah, because mm -hmm. to me the scariest moments, the straight up scariest moments were at the beginning of the book when he's having to figure out how to lock up that decaying witch woman in his bathroom. Yes. He's a little boy. Yes. And he has to figure Is out this kind of... Is that because you know what she looks like? Because you've seen The Shining? There's there's some of that but also... you that corpse. That, yeah, I have... Yes, I have kissed that corpse for all intents and purposes but also that um, he's uh, he's he's out of his depth 
and he uh, and he's still trying to figure this out. And yeah, uh, but but he's also right. given a simple way to figure it out, uh-huh. which works. Yeah. You know, th- and there was no crack in that. Yeah. There's well, no yeah. way. There's no Although point the of that end, box. No, at, at the, at the right. end he opens up a box. Okay, right. right. He does. True. But right. but it, it still feels like we're in control. Right. The, the um, we'd never fall off the wagon. Well, yeah. No, I was expecting when we finally got a peek inside his mind, and it leads to him opening one of the boxes, I expected to find thousands of boxes where he has had to lock up over yeah. the course of his boozing to right. stay sane. He's had these to lock women up who all wronged. the monsters, all the women he's wronged. And Dini's. And, and, his, and it, it just, it, and for me, I just assumed that the. The witch lady coming from the Overlook Hotel, she is just a harbinger of the thousands and thousands of angry dead people. Yeah, who are so all and regret. That regret is the most powerful yeah. demon of all. Right, and right, right. Um, so I, I'm thankful uh, for uh, Stephen King's failure as as a writer in that regard. Um, as a writer myself, as we all should be. Because that's a that's a wonderful concept to run with, and mm-hmm. we can always you know go in for the field goal when someone you know with a beach house drops the ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> but again, that's something else again. But but uh, uh, but are we uh, are, are we satisfied overall? I yeah I I'm I enjoyed reading last bit. And I. Okay, something that that shocked me that I perhaps wasn't even conscious of reading him as a teenager. There is such a thing as pacing. Oh my God, the velocity of his prose. And he does, you know, like stop every once in so often and rhapsodize and there's some poetry in there. But I've never been so conscious of being zipped along Mm -hmm. through a book. And and even with the shifts in perspective, Mm -hmm. you would think Mm -hmm. it would just be a first-person, turgid, hell-bent confessional that would have that. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's nice. I did feel myself in the hands of a pro in this one. I enjoyed it for that reason. Yeah. The tale-telling was quite... Right. Zippy. Um, But, yeah, with that, it's being on a a great roller coaster. Uh Um, Uh-huh. but that's not scary as as a terrible roller coaster in some fair that no one ever goes to. Right? Like, yeah. Wow, we think well, it works. Yeah, but here's you a super fall off. streamlined <laughs> electronic roller coaster, but the hills only go. And like, it, yay, is yay. that what we're talking about? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Him maybe is that point. what happens when you go on the wagon and stop drinking? Right. Yeah. I Whereas I don't know. Could you? Could you pull off a Cujo now, Mister King? I wouldn't want to say that. Sober, friendly state. I know. Because then we. Yeah, we'd be condoning all sorts of that there's awfulness. A, mm-hmm. Yeah, but inviting a generation of writers to spurn the moralistic implications. I like. I, I like that uh. he is. He is a. He is a uh-huh. successful author, and he's and, better and, edited and now. I like, or in that. more in control of his of his excess. Yes, in writing. So, um, I read a review of this book in uh, the New York Times. Margaret Atwood wrote the review. Really? And she um, mentioned that, and this is a brilliant thing she mentioned, was that horror fiction is oh. frequently, has been maligned. It's not fiction. It's sub-fiction. It's genre fiction. Oh. But she says that horror is actually the most literary of fictions. Because really? 
there is no Overlook Hotel. Right. He based... Okay, he goes to a hotel, he writes a novel about this hotel, but there is no Overlook Hotel. Mm -hmm. These demons and devils are fictional creations. Mm -hmm. and, and she said it's the most literary in that you have to invent this stuff, but also um, you... You, you, it's the most literary in that it refers to other fiction more than any other genre uh -huh. because he, you know, Stephen King has clearly read right. Poe, he's clearly read Lovecraft, right. Right. and right. he's right. calling upon these things, right. um, which I thought was a really interesting yeah. thing to say, and 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 it and it it goes back to this idea of being a teenager and he's a pulp writer. Uh, and, and now he he's a legit he's a he's a he's a proper writer. What what changed? Did did our perspective shift? Did uh, our did our culture shift? It clearly shifted somehow to accept that um, uh, pulpy writing, uh -huh. uh, which is a which in, encapsulates so much stuff at this point. Right. Is is legit and serious yeah. and also populist. Well, I, I think it's perhaps the same cultural current that has uh, taken Philip K. Dick from the gutter into, you know, some, mm -hmm. some kind of, you know, literary understanding. Knighthood, frankly. Yeah, basically, like American knighthood. Well, what's American interesting is, I mean... The Handmaid's Tale on, Well, too. there's there's, sure. there's 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 an interesting point where, I mean, yeah, when we were teenagers, King was... There was something transgressive about him because uh -huh. of where he sat right. in a, in our consciousness. Anyway, um, he doesn't seem transgressive now, partly because he's a very successful author. But um, I, it doesn't seem to me that teenagers working in a bookstore that teenagers are saying where's Stephen King? Right? They're saying where's where's Hunger Games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is um, which is not tucked away in the secret corners of the bookstore but, right, right, but right. I don't know that Stephen King front. was at the time though either uh -huh. I think he was very popular at the time popular right um, well, but, but there, there seemed to be a problem somehow it seemed to be um, there seemed to be a danger attached and this might be just my thing there seemed to be a the, the teachers will say well you're reading a book that's good but it, could you read a proper book you know he, right. it didn't seem like he had his due as a as a proper author right. at a certain point, even though he was selling millions of books. It well, seems like now, if you if you took in a Stephen King book to school, okay, uh, that's a proper book yeah. compared to the Hunger Games, which I don't know. Is, yeah. is it is it is he more of a proper writer? Does this stuff even matter? Do I even care? Well, you know, but I I think it, it's because of that um, of that thing maybe of him. Being known mainly as a horror writer, with like you know maybe, you know, um, when we were kids, him having you know like ten or eleven hardcore, mm -hmm. I'm gonna rip your fucking eyeballs out, you know, kind of horror novels under his belt, right? And uh, you know, so to go into school where they want you to read like. Silas Marner or yeah. you know Edith Wharton or mm -hmm. like E.M. Mm -hmm. Forster or Real something. Stuff. Yes, about you pick three great examples. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like where the abiding concern amidst all the frippery is like who marries who and who gets the money, and like and you're coming in compulsively like behind the cover. Where's of the, the e. car Forster that kills book. people? Yeah, where's the car that kills people? And to does rock and roll tunes? Yeah, to rock and roll tunes. And does this character? Character like will him getting laid keep him from you know begging the demon 
you know, like uh, Cadillac to uh, you know to to grind up the bones of his enemies. Right. So, you know? so it's I mean it's dirty. Is, is Stephen King now? Is it is he like the Rolling Stones of of of, of genre fiction in that? Yeah. In that he used to he, be he, dangerous and yeah, safe. he was. Right. You'd warn your children against him, but now you will take your children to read him, and so you don't want to listen to the, you don't want to read right. that teenage that pure old teenage stuff. You'll you should. This is quite. This is this is the canon. Well, as much as I would like him to get scarier and scarier and scarier and sleazier and sleazier, I think he's he's superior to the Rolling Stones in a way that. He seems to have matured, and he's, he's addressing not his re, old concerns. Yeah, he's not as just playing the greatest hits, no. Yeah. yeah, and I wouldn't say that he right. was either. I think that's one of the great strengths of this book, is that it really, I mean, it takes this classic that he wrote, this is yeah. a, a trope of what I'm about to say, uh-huh. and it it gives you, well, now what happens 40 years later? I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's... It's a hard thing to do, because, I mean, so often with sequels, I roll my eyes, like, mm. Have another idea, right? But but to someone like Stephen King, who's had his fair share of ideas, you you think okay, uh-huh. go go Explore with it. Explore this, and that's maybe a legitimate thing to do as you've matured as a writer, as your audience has matured has matured as readers, as times have changed, as you've because, gone through these you know things. he's clearly he clearly relates to Danny now, mm-hmm. right? Whereas before he related to Jack, right? Know. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just that's what happens after yeah, thirty-five years, right? Yeah, yeah. For real. And I've gone the other way where I related to Danny and watching The Shining. Now <laughs> you're Jack. Wait, what are you doing with that axe? Oh God! Jason, ah! Jason, ah! Ah! Here's Johnny. On that note. Uh, on that note. Um, anyway, okay. This I feel like has been a uh, marvelous and very uh, respectful and adoring discussion of Doctor Sleep by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am Jason Squamata for Book Circle Online. And uh, if you were interested in uh, sending some comments or putting your two bits in as far as these discussions go, uh, you can reach me at um, on Twitter at uh, Squamatapod. That's S-Q-U-U-A. Uh, I'm sorry, what? S-Q-U-A-M-A-T-A-P-O-D. Um, and you can friend me on Facebook, Jason Squamata. And you can also like Book Circle Online on Facebook and uh, keep up with uh, all the latest updates, both uh, podcasts beamed out from uh, the Book Circle Northwest headquarters uh, here in uh, lovely bookish Portland, Oregon, and also for uh, Book Circle Online podcast coming to you from the masterful mind of Jeff Masters at our LA BCO office. And uh, just thank you for joining us. And uh, let's uh, let's keep reading alive um, these ink blotches that add up to programmed hallucinations in your mind. What could be lovelier? Um, who needs movies? Who needs TV? Except for True Detective. If you love horror, watch True Detective. That's all I'm saying. So uh, friend me, friend Mark Savage, friend uh, Pat Janowski, and uh, rate us and review us on iTunes. Uh, thank you so much. This has been BCO. Keep it bookish. Keep it circular. Keep reading alive. Thank you, and good night. From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO. 
join the circle.